It's Friday, February the 26th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, an Indo-Pakistani ceasefire and American airstrikes in Syria. First, the world in brief. India and Pakistan agreed on a ceasefire for the first time in almost 20 years. Cross-border skirmishes, particularly along the line of control, the de facto border between Indian and Pakistani-controlled parts of Kashmir, have become more frequent in recent years, with more than 5,000 incidents recorded in 2020. Earlier this week, India and China withdrew troops who had been facing off along another disputed Himalayan border. India also introduced a sweeping new rule that could force social media companies to censor posts and de-encrypt messages. The government clashed with Twitter this month after the social media giant refused to block accounts that supported widespread protests by farmers. Streaming services such as Netflix and Amazon Prime will also face greater scrutiny under the regulation. President Joe Biden ordered airstrikes in Syria against what the Pentagon called Iran-backed militias. The targets were accused of carrying out a recent rocket attack on Americans in Iraq that killed the Filipino military contractor. Separately, Mr. Biden also spoke with King Salman bin Abdulaziz of Saudi Arabia. America will soon release a report on the murder of Jamal Khashoggi, a Saudi journalist who was hacked to pieces in Istanbul in 2018. That may implicate the Saudi Crown Prince, Mohammed bin Salman. The Ethiopian Human Rights Commission, a state-funded body, said it is investigating alleged massacres and rapes in Aksum, in Ethiopia's Tigray region. Its preliminary findings suggest that Eritrean soldiers were responsible. Amnesty International said the atrocities committed in November may constitute crimes against humanity. The government of Abiy Ahmed has been fighting an uprising in Tigray, aided by Eritrean troops. New claims for jobless benefits in America were at their lowest for three months last week. On a seasonally adjusted basis, only 730,000 were filed, down from 841,000 the previous week, a much bigger drop than expected. Falling COVID-19 infections and a slight loosening of social distancing rules may have given the economy a small boost. President Xi Jinping claimed that China has eradicated extreme poverty. Ending rural destitution has been one of Mr Xi's core goals. Some 100 million people have been lifted out of poverty since he came to power. But his assertion of complete victory was greeted with some scepticism. China's poverty threshold is $1.70 a day, compared with the World Bank's $1.90. Facebook banned accounts linked to Myanmar's armed forces from its platforms, including Instagram. The junta has used social media to spread spurious claims of voter fraud in the country's elections since it seized power this month. Separately, some 1,000 army supporters, many armed with knives or clubs, attacked anti-coup protesters in Yangon, Myanmar's largest city. And Thursday's edition of Espresso accidentally ran a section on the European Union leaders meeting twice and missed a section on bankers' bonuses. Sorry. And now, here's today's agenda. Hat trick. America considers a third vaccine. Today, America's Food and Drug Administration will decide whether to approve a vaccine developed by Janssen, a subsidiary of Johnson & Johnson for emergency use. The approval of a third vaccine would be welcome. America has just recorded its 500,000th death from COVID-19. Today's meeting will be unlike the ones that preceded it. It will be the first time the FDA has considered a jab with proven performance against highly contagious COVID-19 variants in clinical trials. Janssen's candidate was tested as a single shot rather than two, as with other vaccines already in use, 
and was found to cut moderate to severe cases of the disease by 66%. Unlike Moderna's, it does not require very cold storage, which simplifies transport and distribution. Janssen claims it can supply more than 20 million doses by the end of March, but it may fall foul of the production problems that have plagued other vaccine makers. Stimulus Saga Biden's COVID-19 Relief Bill Today, America's House of Representatives is expected to pass Joe Biden's biggest initiative as president thus far, another COVID-19 stimulus bill. Little has changed from the plan laid out shortly before Mr. Biden took office. Democrats stuck closely to his original $1.9 trillion request and chose not to negotiate with Republicans on the package's size. The real hurdle will come in the Senate. To avoid the threat of a filibuster, which requires 60 votes to break, Democrats are using a special budgetary procedure known as reconciliation to pass the legislation. The strict rules governing reconciliation may force changes to the bill. They appear to be scuppering a staggered increase in the federal minimum wage already. Without Republican votes, Senate Democrats will need perfect party unity to send a bill to Mr. Biden's desk. Knowing they have leverage, fence-sitters in the caucus like Joe Manchin of West Virginia may water down Mr. Biden's plans. Consolidating Power El Salvador's Elections Nayib Bukele is not running in Sunday's legislative elections in El Salvador, but they are still all about him. The president's Nuevas Ideas party is expected to win most of the National Assembly's 84 seats, plus some municipal posts. If it does, it will consolidate Mr Bukele's power and could mean smoother policymaking. Many hope he will then strengthen anti-corruption plans. But dangers abound. Since taking office in 2019, Mr Bukele, a populist whose meteoric rise has sidelined the two traditional political parties, has shown authoritarian tendencies. He has reduced crime, but analysts believe he did so by negotiating with gangs. He occupied parliament with soldiers in 2020 to force members to approve a loan deal. He later used the army to enforce a quarantine during the pandemic. But he has high approval ratings for his handling of COVID-19, which voters see as the number one issue. Expect Nuevas ideas to emerge victorious, and Mr Bukele ever more powerful. Airplane Blues IAG's Results Empty skies are dark ones for International Airlines Group, the owner of Aer Lingus, British Airways and Iberia. Annual results published today are expected to show the dramatic effect of a year in which international travel has been hard and, at times, impossible. The impact of travel bans and quarantines will lead to a heavy loss. IAG has not benefited from the government largesse that led to big bailouts for Air France KLM and Lufthansa, two rival European legacy airlines. Despite cutting costs and restructuring, the far-off prospect of a full recovery in international travel means that IAG will have to find other ways to bolster its cash cushion. It will probably make another call on shareholders rather than seek a bailout that would come like those given to its rivals with strings attached. Freedom from government interference will at least give it an advantage when the skies fill with planes again. Night and Day India's Economy Five months ago, when India was recording more than 90,000 new COVID-19 infections a day, it was impossible to imagine that it would now be hosting international cricket matches in front of tens of thousands of fans. But much of the hustle and bustle of Indian life has returned as the virus has relented. 
Pent-up consumer demand has contributed to a strong economic recovery, assisted by a sharp increase in central government spending. Figures due today are expected to show that GDP in the last three months of 2020 was higher than a year earlier. But worries linger. Employment is still short of its pre-pandemic level, and private investment has yet to be convincingly revived. Lots of spare capacity remains in some sectors. Cricket is no exception. The 55,000 fans permitted to watch yesterday's thrashing of England in Ahmedabad represented only half the giant stadium's capacity. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Victor Hugo, who was born on this day in 1802. A day will come when there will be no battlefields, but markets opening to commerce and minds opening to ideas. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.